Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Happy Wednesday. Thanks so much for being with me today on this very okay-ish Wednesday. As always, I am your host, Mary Ellen Dance, a mental health therapist and a very okay-ish human being. Today's episode is brought to you by Daydreamer Studios. Do you have stories and expertise to share with the world? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? There's no better time to start than now with the help of a trusted production partner. Daydreamer Studios is a full-service production company that takes all the stress off of your plate. You can just focus on creating engaging content while they focus on the recording, editing, audio engineering, hosting, and publishing on 22 different platforms. So easy, log into the advanced remote system with one click and the Daydreamer team will be on the other end ready for you to record everything you have to say. Owned and operated by Daydreamer Network, the producer of this podcast, Daydreamer Studios continues on the company's mission to empower storytellers of all kinds by making podcasting accessible to all. For more information and current promotions, visit daydreamernetwork.com slash studios. Just as a reminder, after the episode on August 11th, I will be taking a month break from new episodes and returning with new weekly episodes September 22nd. Stay tuned, though. Don't worry. I'll give some fun challenges and different things that will be happening that month with no episodes. And if you've struggled with mental health or have ever been in therapy and you don't mind chatting about it, reach out to me on Instagram at Mary Ellen Dance. I want to hear from you for a little fun kind of surprise I'm putting together. All right. So last week we talked about love. Oh, I love talking about love. I mean, I know that's a little cliche, but it's just fun. It's just a happy topic, right? And the thing is, we can't really talk about love without talking about communication because, well, communication is kind of a big deal. Honestly, I love doing couples therapy for many reasons, but one of the reasons is because it is so often so apparent to see the breakdown of communication between couples. When there's two people in your office and one person saying one thing and the other person is hearing something different, it can be sometimes so blatantly obvious to a third party about what's going on and how the communication has just fallen apart. And the other good thing is that communication is something that can be fixed. So I love being able to talk to couples about communication. And today I'm going to be talking about communication, but more specifically communicating our emotions because, you know, that's something that I think we can all use help with. And, you know, emotions are what we're uh, all about here at (laughs) OK-ish. 
So first, I am going to talk about some components of communication, and then I am going to give the three biggest tips on communication. I have about a thousand more, but these three are a good place to start. All right. So first of all, going into the components of communication, I always say there is so much that happens between my mouth and your ears and vice versa. So it's important for us to recognize when we're talking about communication that the majority of the time, what we hear is not necessarily what the other person says. So I clarify what I hear all the time, especially in the therapy room, right? Like if I'm your therapist, I want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly in what you're saying and what you're feeling. So my clients often will hear me say things like, So what I'm hearing is, or it sounds like you're saying stuff like that, just so I can make sure that I'm hearing it correctly. And when looking at components of communication, it's really important to recognize that one of the big components is that what we hear is often not what is said. So another component of communication is, and we all probably already know this, but we obviously communicate both verbally and non-verbally. And our nonverbal communication is actually much more of our communication than our verbal. Like we say way more non-verbally than we do verbally. And also, sometimes it's easier to express emotions non-verbally than it is to express them verbally. For example, like, Let's say you're on a first date with someone. You're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun. I like you so much. But maybe you're going to, you know, lean in closer or put your hand on their arm or like things like that. Or like laugh or giggle or um, bat your eyelashes, right? Like those are all forms of nonverbal communication that we do all the time. None of you see me while I am recording except for my lovely uh, production team, but they would tell you that as I communicate, I move my hands, I move my arms, I like roll my eyes all the time. (laughs) We all have these nonverbal communication things that we do. And, you know, within talking about nonverbal communication, I do have to talk about facial expressions. As I mentioned, I roll my eyes a lot. It's, it's bad. I think I've actually perfected the double eye roll. I'm not really sure how I did that, but it's happened. <laughs> um, my first job I had as a therapist, one of the pieces of feedback that I was told was that I needed to work on my facial expressions. Because when someone's coming to you for therapy, the last thing that they want to see is their therapist like looking shocked or disgusted or frightened or anything like that. I will say I'm a lot better at it now than I used to be because I had to practice. I had to practice kind of keeping a straight face, keeping a poker face, if you will. The other interesting thing about facial expressions is that facial expressions are similar across all cultures, which isn't really surprising. Like a smile is a smile no matter where you live. But going a little bit deeper into that, People across all cultures can recognize facial expressions of the basic emotions. So I think I've mentioned this in a podcast episode before, but the basic emotions mean there's no cognitive processing. It's an emotion. You don't have to think about it. They are sadness, disgust, happiness, fear, anger, and surprise. So with those emotions, people across all cultures can recognize facial expressions 
and like pair the facial expression with those emotions I just mentioned. It's really cool. There's been studies of people who live in like remote and isolated cultures, like in Papua New Guinea, I think, who have not had contact with people outside of their culture. And then they were put with people outside of their culture and they could still recognize these emotions by facial expression. They were able to say, oh, that person is surprised. That person is disgusted. We probably don't realize how much our face shows, but our face shows a lot. Not to mention, like I said, just any other types of nonverbal communication. You know, how close we stand to people, where our shoulders are, our posture. I could go on for days about the types of nonverbal communication. But going back to uh, facial expressions for one quick second is, this is actually really interesting. Facial muscles send messages to our brains when an emotion is being expressed. So if you think like which came first, the emotion or the facial expression, sometimes the facial expression can come first. So like any telemarketers are told to smile while they're on the phone. That's not because the person on the other end can hear you, but because smiling sends a message to our brain that we're happy and then we literally feel happier. Isn't that wild? Another fun fact related to this is people who have had Botox actually have trouble processing anger and sadness because Botox often prevents the person from showing anger and sadness on their face. And so the messages that our facial muscles send to our brain when we show anger and sadness aren't there. So people who have had Botox have trouble processing those emotions. It's wild how like much it's related. It's so, so cool, I think. So kind of moving on to other components of communication, along with the facts that oftentimes what we're hearing is not what the other person is saying, and all about these nonverbal types of communication, including facial expressions, there's something else that I want to talk about that have to do with something called mirror neurons. So obviously our brains have something to do with communication. They kind of play, our brains kind of play a role in it. And our brains also play a role in recognizing and expressing emotion. And I won't go into all the details about what our brains do and what the amygdala is saying and all of that. But I do want to talk about the mirror neurons in our brain. So mirror neurons fire when we observe others doing things. And like a mirror, we mimic that action ourselves. For example, in the grocery store, if someone smiles at me, I automatically smile back without thinking about it, right? Have you ever um, experienced like you see a spider on your friend or whoever you're with and then you kind of feel like creepy crawly, right? That has to do with the mirror neurons. So that's just another component of communication that's important to know before we get to the best tips on how to actually communicate. The last component of communication that I want to point out is that we, whether we know it or not, whether we verbalize it or not, we all have rules for communication. Any culture has expectations and norms about emotions and communication. For example, it's inappropriate to laugh at a funeral, but it is appropriate to say, I'm sorry for your loss and look somber at a funeral. 
We all know that rule. We've probably never said, yeah, this is a rule, but we all know that that exists. And so it's important to recognize within others and within ourselves that oftentimes when communicating emotions, we're not actually communicating an emotion we feel. We're just acting out an emotion that we don't really feel, but we feel like we should based on expectations, based on social norms, things like that. Recognizing that oftentimes what we're truly feeling inside is masked by sticking with some of these expectations. So hopefully that helped us like learn a little bit about communication because it's it's much more complicated than we probably think. And so I wanted to move on to the three best tips on how to communicate. Like I said, there I can talk about communication tips for days, and I'd be happy to if you want to talk more about it. But for the purposes of today, these are the three biggest things that you can implement today. And obviously, we've been talking about romantic relationships, but you can implement these communication strategies with anyone that you're communicating with. All right. So tip number one, stop assuming what other people are thinking. Now, you may be thinking, I don't do that. Guess what? You do. We all do. We do it all the time. Ever heard of I statements? They're a, they're a fun uh, therapy thing that we like to talk about. I statements are saying, I feel blank when you blank because blank. So like, I feel hurt when you forgot to go to the grocery store because it makes me feel like you're not prioritizing whatever right? So, you know, a few years ago, I tried to teach my mom about I statements. And her response was, I feel like you're being annoying. Guess what? That's not a feeling. So often people think they're saying I feel statements. But what they're really saying is an assumption statement. For example, I feel like you're mad at me. Have you ever said that to anyone? That's assuming what other people are thinking, and we need to stop that because none of us are mind readers. And also, just putting the words I feel in front of something doesn't make it a feeling, right? When you say I feel, make sure it's followed by an emotion, like happy, sad, mad, not I feel like you're upset, I feel like you don't want this, or you do want this. We do, we all do it, we all do it, but... It does not yield for positive, productive communication. So I really, really want all of us to think about not assuming what other people are thinking because, again, we do it all the time without realizing it. So next time you want to say, I feel like you're mad at me, instead maybe try saying, I feel uneasy when you only respond to my text with one word because it makes me worried that you're mad at me. Doesn't that sound so much nicer? (laughs) Like, it feels just like much more gentle and it's much more specific too. saying, I feel like you're mad at me. That's not specific, right? If we give specific examples of, oh, this is what's creating this feeling in me, that's going to help the conversations to be more productive. And like I said before, I can't say it enough. Always check in with the other person about what they meant, because a lot happens between someone's mouth and your ears. So when I was talking about working with couples in the therapy room, sometimes I find that people are literally fighting about the same thing, but don't realize it. (laughs) Like 
so often with couples, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Do you guys realize you're on the same page? (laughs) You're more on the same page than you think you are. That actually leads me to the next tip I have for today, the second tip, which is try as hard as you can to not say the word you. If you're going to say the word you, make sure you're not starting a sentence with the word you. So for example, if someone comes up to me and says, you're mad at me, I am immediately going to feel defensive. (laughs) Don't tell me what I am or what I'm not, you know? Or people will say things to me like, you're just worried. Or me personally, I get, I get the, you're just being emotional. Damn right, I'm emotional. <laughs> right? So when we're doing that in fights, like, and again, saying I feel in front of the word you doesn't count either, right? Like, I feel like you're mad at me or you're being this way. You're being defensive. Well, that's going to make someone defensive, right? You're not listening to me. All these things that I hear in fights all the time, that does not lead to a productive fight. If you're worried that someone's not listening to you, instead of saying you're not listening to me, say, hey, I feel unheard right now because like when when you are like looking around and on your phone when I'm talking to you because it makes me feel like you don't want to listen. Like it it makes me um it makes me feel hurt when you do that and I'm talking to you and it's valuable to me that you listen. Right? Like that's so different than saying you're not listening to me. So take the word you out of your vocabulary as much as possible. And then the third tip on how to communicate is to state your needs. When you're expressing a feeling, that's fabulous. That's amazing. But the other person doesn't know what to do with that feeling. So what do you need from them? My mom, and I think I've talked about this before, but my mom is so amazing. When I'm talking to my mom about something, she will say to me, what side of this issue do you want me to be on? Because she's not a mind reader. And so I'll say, you know, I need you to do this or I need you to do that. That This would help me. And then she can help meet my needs because then she knows what my needs are. So if I can say I'm feeling anxious And when I'm anxious, I need A, B, and C to help cope with that emotion. Guess what? That's going to lead to such a better result than saying I'm feeling anxious and just hoping the other person knows what to make me feel better. So hopefully this is helpful. I am excited to hear from you all like conversations that you go home and have after you listen to this episode today. and. The other thing it's important to communicate with others is when you're just feeling okay-ish. Because we all know that it's okay to feel okay-ish. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. 
To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.